0: This is the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Blanc, session number 63. Let's do this. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Blanc. Hey, guys, and welcome to the show today. As you know, I'm all about helping people become financially free with real estate, but maybe not quite in the way that they think, which is single family houses, but instead we do with multifamily. Most people just don't consider multifamily as a strategy for them because they consider it an advanced strategy that they think they need years and years experience and tons and tons of money. And in fact, we can do a lot of stuff to overcome the lack of experience and we're going to raise the money from private individuals. But if we do that, then that's when the law of the first deal kicks in. The law of the first deal says that if you do a multifamily of any size, you will become financially free in three to five years. Proven fact. Listen to all my podcasts, not a single exception, and I'm still looking for one. Do that first deal, you'll be financially free in three to five years. Multifamily is the best way to replace your income with passive income. But anytime I see something that helps you accelerate that process, I pay attention. And so recently, I read a book by Steve Cook called Life in Air, which is all about financial freedom. It's not necessarily with real estate to it, though it could be, but it talks about simplifying your life on the one hand and living the life that you want now, not sometime down the future down the road when you eventually retire. And what I like about it is the mindset in this book is one of those fundamental shifts, right? You're rich dad, poor dad. When you read that, it just shifts your mind you know, a little bit to the right, okay, a lot bit to the right in my case, and a lot of other people's cases. And this is one of those books that shifts your mind going, why am I working my butt off and making more money to have the life I want? Why can't I have the life right now? And what does that mindset shift look like? So I really enjoyed the book. It's called Life and Air by Steve Cook. And I'm just privileged and honored to have Steve Cook here on the show. And I just want to ask him some more questions about his own experience that shaped his life. And he's now teaching hundreds and thousands of people how to become life and airs and live a life more abundantly. So what I love about this is the potential of combining his mindset with the multifamily replace your income. And I think if you combine the two, you can probably achieve your goals in much less time in three to five years. So really, really powerful episode. Let's get right into the show. Hey Steve, welcome to the show today.
1: Mike, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah, it's a real honor to have uh, have you. Uh, I read your book recently and uh, really very impressed, and it has a a very good message to my audience because we're all about achieving financial freedom through real estate, and you have uh, a very unique angle to that, which I think complements kind of what we're talking about with real estate and just basically changing your attitude in your life so that you become financially free now and not so much in three to five years, which is kind of what we we teach. And I think the combination of achieving a mindset now and doing things that you can do now to become financially free is a really powerful message. So before we jump into that, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, I started out uh, just with a very entrepreneurial spirit from a young age and going into business and things like that for myself. And uh, so I can really relate to, you know, those who have an entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, I I will tell you that about my first 10 years in business, I was a person who failed miserably and and different things. And and I I share that just as a word of encouragement for those who might be on here who are struggling with trying to get somewhere that uh, just keep on going because I, I could have given up very easily. But uh, like most of your listeners, I really found my way through uh, real estate investing. And that was my path to financial freedom. Uh, I, I did very, very well with it, became well-known nationally with the, the kind of volume that I was doing. I've done over 550 flips. Uh, I've done many different types of real estate investing throughout the years, but I, I started out in Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, as part of what I teach today with lifener Concepts, uh, I ended up moving to a small town in Wisconsin, and to slow down, enjoy life, take it easy, still, in, still very active in business, but... Uh, Went for a, a much different lifestyle and uh, wanted to just really be a father to my kids. I, I have five children. Uh, they range in age from 28 is my oldest, six years old is my youngest, and beautiful wife. And, and we, we just live a great life and, and love uh, the life that we have.
0: Now, Steve, so it's interesting. You, had, you achieved a good amount of success, uh, flipping houses and real estate. And suddenly, some kind of discontent must have developed in you that That caused you to pause and, and maybe try to change your life, can you talk about what happened? I mean, you had a pretty good thing going what What was broken
1: well i 'll tell you what the reason that I got into real estate investing and I, I think this is pretty common because, as I speak to people all across the country, uh, we get into any form of business, uh, whether it 's real estate investing or anything else, to live and experience a better life and I started out real estate investing after having failed in a restaurant business uh, it was uh, just in probably the worst place of my life financially, to a few years later as a real estate investor, I'm in the best place I could ever have imagined being financially. And by worldly standards, life should have been great. Uh, in fact, as I started making really good money, I went off and I got all kinds of counsel. Uh, I, I hired accountants, estate planners, uh, other, met with other business owners who helped me to put together a plan of what it was that I should do. And I followed their plan to the T and I went from zero in assets to over $7 million in assets in just a little over three years. And uh, the problem was this, at at three years later, everyone's looking at me and thinking, you know, everything he touches turns to gold. And, you know, he's just got such a great life. He's got the big house. He's got the beautiful wife. He's got all the toys. He's he's got everything. But the one thing I didn't have was a life. I found that, uh, you know, I, I started contemplating. I was like, I, I was doing this so that I could live a great life, but I'm finding that instead of living a great life, I'm giving my life to the business, and the business is what's becoming my life. Something just needed to change, and uh, I, I feel very fortunate that I had recognized that and, and started to do things differently.
0: So, and then a lot of things happen, obviously. You change your life, and I think that was kind of the basis of the book that I went out to talk about. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, what you learned and, and basically what that main message is in that book, what you decided
1: to do after that. Well, one of the big things that happened is I was building the business up and, and I was doing everything right. You know, I followed all the counsel. I did it all exactly the way that I was supposed to do it. Uh, what I came to realize was the plan was to make a lot of money and accumulate wealth so that one day I could live a great life. And the change in mindset that I had was, well, if I really want to live a great life, I should be pursuing a great life, not necessarily pursuing money in hopes that one day it will provide me with a great life. But I, you know, I asked myself the question, what if I don't ever make tons of money? Does that mean I'm never going to live a great life? And, and I refused to settle for that. And, uh, and so I, I really started just changing the way that I was thinking that, You know, the steps that I took had to lead toward a better life, not necessarily just making more money. But prior to every decision I made was what would make me more money. And it didn't matter if I had to sacrifice my life, if I had to sacrifice time with my family. Uh, The only thing that mattered was would it make me more money because I believed that if I had more money, life would get better.
0: Was there a moment in time when you kind of woke up one day and it kind of kind of hit you inside the head saying, you know, I got to change my
1: life. I can't
0: keep doing I can't keep working like this.
1: Uh, I'll tell you, there was definitely a moment in time when that took place. And uh, I remember one night I was losing sleep and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. Uh, And there were two incidences that took place this one day. First, I looked at my tax returns. And I saw that I had paid over three hundred thousand dollars in interest that year, and then I went and I looked the last couple of years and it was consistent I was consistently doing that much and when I was looking at my business okay it 's profitable, but I came to realize the first three hundred thousand dollars that i 'm making has to go to the bank and you know at that time in my career, the flips I was doing, I was probably averaging about twenty thousand dollars per flip, so my first 15 deals every year were being done for the bank before I could even think about covering any other expenses or keeping a nickel for myself. And, and that uh, just in that moment, I was just like, this is wrong. And then that night I sat there uh, going to sleep and I was just thinking about the amount of debt that I had. And it just occurred to me that, you know, along with that $7 million in assets, which sounds great, it was over $4.5 million in debt. And I realized in that moment that with all that interest and everything I was doing, that I was a slave. And I was a slave to that debt. And the life that I wanted, that debt, and the business that I was building was not allowing me to have it. It wasn't even letting me sleep at night. So it, it all looked great. It looked beautiful. But what I wanted was freedom and I didn't feel free. So you felt like you were a slave to debt.
0: And also in, in, the, in the book, if I remember, there was, the, I think the, the main character also was a little bit a slave to his work. So to time. He didn't have any time for anything else. The business was simply consuming. Him. He was making great money, but it was, he had, he had simply no time. He had no control of his time. It was like consuming him. Uh, was that affecting you as well? So in addition to the debt, was that,
1: the, was the time also kind of a slave uh, as well? absolutely as i kept building the business um and I'll, I'll share this i kept feeling like i was one deal away from finally getting there just one more one big deal and i'm going to it's going to push me over the edge so i was always striving to get that next one and you know and i would get that one and it would be the biggest deal i ever did and then after it was done i'd feel like all right maybe i'm just one more away and and so i kept driving and i kept driving because everybody around me looked at me as if I had it made and everything was great. And so I didn't even want to admit it. So I I felt I had to be close because they all think I'm there already. So I worked harder and I worked harder and working harder was compromising everything else in my life. It was compromising all the things that I said were important to me. It was, uh, I I said I wanted to be wealthy and I wanted all of this stuff for my family. I I kept using them as the excuse why I was doing it, but they were the ones that were paying the biggest price. And so working harder was affecting my marriage. It was affecting my ability to be a father to my kids. I was falling short and that was not who I wanted to be. And so it was a, there was a dose of reality that was really kicking in and I, I realized there had to be a better way.
0: Hmm, that's right. So what did you come up with then?
1: So what, what was a better way that you discovered? Well, I, I thought all the way back to the beginning of my career as a real estate investor. First, I started doing really well. I started making great money. But you have to understand that before that, I had come out of a failed restaurant business where I lost my shirt. I was deep in debt. My credit was completely shot. And so consequently, I couldn't borrow anything. And I wasn't able to go into debt. I couldn't buy houses. I couldn't get credit cards. I couldn't buy cars. And so as my career as a real estate investor started to grow, I started to have quite a bit of money. And I, I eventually, by year two in the business, I started earning very substantial amounts of money. But I didn't owe anybody anything. And so I could do whatever I wanted to do with the money. And I could give it away. I, and, and I, I like to be generous. Uh, but I could spend it on whatever I wanted to spend it on. And it didn't affect the way that I would live. So I continued doing that for a couple of years until I, then I wanted to do things right. You know, and That's when I got counsel and they told me, well, buy yourself a big house, build your rental portfolio, do all these other things, invest here, get yourself a vacation home, you make plenty of money. And so I did everything that they told me to do. And I realized I didn't have that life anymore. And so for me, I was very fortunate that it was only a three-year span when life was simple to the point where it got complicated. Three years earlier, I needed $25,000 a year to make ends meet. Doing everything right three years later, that same $25,000 would only get me through two weeks. I did it and I did it well. I did it consistently, but the amount of pressure to have to perform at that level week after week after week. And in my mind, I felt like I had to perform at that high energy level for the next 30 years before mm-hmm. I was going to be free. I came to realize that's not what I really wanted. And so
0: you were basically, you expanded your lifestyle to fit your income, essentially, and you got kind of used to that.
1: And uh, When you realized it, what, what did you do about it? Well, the first thing I decided to do was uh, I said I'm going to stop borrowing. I'm never going to borrow money again. That was a hard thing for me to do, simply because my entire business was predicated on borrowing. I could borrow anything I wanted to borrow, and so there was a lot of fear that started to set in. But I said, you know, you couldn't borrow when you first got started in the business and you made ends meet. There's no reason why you can't just continue and and do this without borrowing now, and so. Step number one was make the commitment to never borrow again. And I had to reinvent my business. We had to really reevaluate my lifestyle and to do things in such a way that we would not ever borrow again. And uh, that was in January of 2006, the day that I said, that's it. We're never going to borrow again. In October of 2009 is when we paid off the last of that $4.5 million in debt.
0: That is darn good timing, my friend. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, and I will tell you that that was beautiful for us because in the market downturn, had I continued on the pace that I was on, mm. I, I probably would have been a victim of the market downturn like so many other people I know. But we came through there pretty much unscathed. we got a couple of bumps and bruises. But uh, at the end of the day, we we came through there very strong and picked up and everybody else was still licking their wounds. We were building our business to big things again.
0: So you started to eliminate debt over the course of a year, year and a half too. Uh, what else did you change in your life?
1: Well, it was really a matter of focusing on simplifying and uh, knowing the, the big thing that I did was instead of looking at how much money I wanted to have and how much I wanted to accumulate, I uh, decided what do I want my life to look like. Uh, instead of coming up with a business plan, I developed my life vision and really put all of this into writing and said, what is it that I want my life to look like? And before I would make any decisions as far as the business was concerned, I would begin to evaluate and look at that. And if it, if the steps in business weren't going to get me a step closer to living the life I wanted to live, I said no. Uh, I would only do things or do deals that would get me closer to where I wanted to be. The other thing I started doing then was sharing it with other people, because if I tried to do it on my own, it was going to be a lot more difficult. And by sharing it with other people, I felt that I'd have others around me who would help lift me up. Uh, But I also found that many people thought I was going crazy. And they couldn't believe that, you know, I was going down this path. And they, in fact, some people rumors started that I was going out of business or Steve's going crazy. Don't listen to him anymore. But uh, mm. when I started talking about wanting to sort of have a smaller business and I wanted to have a simpler life, it just went against the grain of what everybody else was was pursuing.
0: What was some of the life that you uh, that you visualized, then? Obviously, you envision a life without without debt. What, what other what other visions did you did you have that you wanted to? What kind of life did you want?
1: Well, in general terms, I wanted to be able to come and do whatever it was I wanted to do when I wanted to do it without having to answer to anybody. While I felt I had that before, because I was my own boss, the reality of the situation was I felt like I had to answer to the lenders. When I wanted to be charitable, I felt like I had to consult with the lender. I I never got on the phone and called them up, but I always thought, if I give as much as I want to give, I might not be able to make my mortgage payments next month or those kinds of things. I wanted to be home when my children got home from school. I, I wanted to be there for them. I wanted to have a quiet time every morning that was guarded and protected. And, and so I didn't want to go into work before 10 o'clock. And so what I did was I went and I really restructured my whole day to be able to do all the things that I wanted to do. And I I realized if I was living the life that I wanted to live, I could not work more than 20 hours a week. And so I restructured my schedule to be from 10 to 2, Monday through Friday. And with that, the only reason that I was able to get through that was I was so crystal clear on the life that I wanted to live. And I realized that if I didn't do it, that I could not be the father I wanted to be. I could not be the husband that I wanted to be to my wife. We sold our big home as part of reducing our our debt. Um, I will tell you, when the accountants and everybody told me, Go buy yourself a big house. You need the write-off. I, I was single at the time, and I bought a five-bedroom, four-and-a-half bath, 5,500-square-foot 5, home. It was on five acres of property, and uh, you know, just didn't make sense, uh, but they said, you can afford it. Go buy it. So I did, and uh, I, I was good. I was coachable. I was good at listening to them, but the, the key was this. None of them ever said, Steve, what do you want out of life? The only thing they – When I came to them for counsel, every one of them just assumed that I wanted to accumulate more wealth. I'm not against wealth, but they never said, what do you want your life to look like? It was all about what would make me the most money or accumulate the most wealth. And the plan worked beautifully. It it did exactly what it's supposed to do. Uh, But, you know, a few years in, I was asking myself the question, when do I get to enjoy this?
0: Yeah. so you found yourself working hard, making more money, working harder, uh, to kind of keep up with, with all the liabilities, basically, that you have. And you said, hey, enough is enough. you eliminated eliminate debt. And it sounds like you also downsized to reduce your, your expenses. Exactly. And you ended up selling this nice house.
1: And, uh, you know, what else did you do? And, and what do your friends think of all this? Uh, like I was sharing with you earlier, many of them just thought I was crazy. Um, I was trying to share with them, guys. Man, I'm I'm freeing myself. I want to be able to do what I want to do, and I'm tired of owing the lender money. You know, I, I'm the one the third to one half of everything I do every year is just for the lender. It's not. It's not even to benefit me. It's it's going to them, and I'm trying to share these concepts with them. And the beauty of them telling me I was crazy and them debating me, was it helped sharpen my skills? (laughs) It took me a few years to actually be able to explain what I was feeling inside and what I was experiencing, but there weren't many people who were coming alongside of me, but I did teach the way, uh, change the way that I was teaching. I, I was a real estate investing educator, and I did start focusing more on trying to help people with Living experiencing a good life and uh, that was the question. The first question I would ask everybody is why are you doing this? What is it that you want to get out of it? And when we developed a a Mentoring or coaching relationship, I would always come back to that and be able to Mm -hmm. when when I saw them getting away from it I'd say well If I recall the reason you were doing this is you wanted to be able to spend more time with your family or have a great Great family life and how's that working out for you? And, uh, well, we need to maybe take a step back because if, if you're just pursuing this uh, for money, that's getting in the way right now. And I see your marriage is being compromised mm-hmm. or challenged. And so we, we used, I started sharing it with those who would listen to me and who respected me as a real estate educator.
0: Yeah. How were you able to reduce your the number of hours you work? That's kind of interesting, right? Cuz because whether you're doing real estate investing you're working a lot of hours or whether you have a, a 9 to 5 W2 job, what did you do to reduce your working hours?
1: You know, I believe that everyone can reduce their working hours and it's, and it's, it's actually nowhere near as difficult as what people think. Uh, it's a mindset is first and foremost, it's changing the way that you're thinking about it. If you believe that you've got to work forty hours a week, which you know many people today consider to be part- time, but if you believe that you've got to work forty hours a week or sixty hours a week or second seventy hours a week to get ahead, then that's exactly what you'll do. When I retransform my business. It forced me to focus only on the most profitable and efficient things that I could do when I cut my hours back. And I had to trust that as long as I was doing the most important things during the time that I would work, that it would produce what I needed for it to produce. And it did, it, it worked out beautifully for me. It made me stop doing a lot of the wasteful things. I share a couple of things with people to try to help put this into perspective. And whenever people challenge me in this area and say, well, you know, I'll make less if I start working less. And I'll just debunk that by telling you that the majority of people actually make more when they work less. But here's just an example that I think most everybody can relate to. If there's a time coming up and we can have, say, a four-day weekend, you know, we can take off on on Wednesday and go away Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I have not met a person yet who can't get all their work done by Wednesday so that they can take off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They always get everything done. But if they weren't going away, they would gladly have filled up Thursday and Friday to to get their work done. But we can all be much more efficient. We can all get things done when we have to. There's a why behind it. They want to go away for the four-day weekend, so they become much more productive Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to get everything done that needs to get done, and then they're able to go away. For me, my why was I want to be home with my kids. I don't want to be working all the time. I want to be present with them. I want to be the husband that my wife deserves. And that was my why. I have to do this. If I fail at this, I fail at being the father and husband that I want to. This is so important to me. That I need to make my business fit within this these time frames and um, so uh, that that was the what helped me with changing the mindset. This was not something that I just wanted to do in order to be the person I wanted to be. I had to do it
0: it's interesting you bring up mindset it's come up a few times in at the very end of the, of the book, uh, uh, you talk a lot about mindset and living the life that you want now, not in the future, right? So, so the main character is trying, now trying to get it in, and it's going to take them a while to kind of reduce their debt and get out of the liabilities they have. In other words, it's going to take them a while to transition, but there was a mindset thing. Can you talk about the importance of living the life that you want now versus five years or maybe never? And, and so maybe tick. what does that look like and, and how can someone try to you know change their mindset Uh, now, kind of the way you talked about
1: uh, the time management. Bottom line is this, it's a matter of determining what it is you want and believing that it can happen. Uh, Oftentimes when I share this with people, they sit there and tell me, well, that's exactly what I want. I'm I'm doing the same thing. I'm pursuing it also. But what they're really telling me is I am pursuing money. I do want a good life, but I am pursuing money. And someday when I hit my financial goals, then I'm going to live a great life. Are we have just this slight, slight change in the way that we think? Is no, we're going to live a great life. We're going to live it now. We're going to also pursue money to help enhance that life that we're going to live. But I'm not going to put life off until someday. You have to believe that that can be the case. We live in a world that says you can't do that. You know, you got to have money first, and the, the conditioning of the culture, the society, society that we live in, is constantly telling people that you don't have enough. You don't have enough. You don't have enough, and We have story after story after story of people who can do it and live and experience great lives regardless of where their income levels are. Now most of them end up making far more. Uh, they, They end up doubling and tripling their incomes once they start taking these steps. But to, to try to explain a little bit, and, and I don't even think we've mentioned the name of the book yet. It's called Life and Air.
0: I was going to ask you where that but, where that uh, that came from. So now but, might be a good time. So Life and Air. What what is that
1: all about? The, well, uh, Life and Air is sort of like millionaire, a millionaire, or a billionaire, is somebody who has a lot of money, you know. And Life and Air would be somebody who has an abundant life. They have they. We would measure that. So that's where Life and Air came from, and and it, it was. situation where once I was dealing with a couple of my students who were telling me that they wanted me to help them to become a millionaire. And one of them was a young guy, who was 19 years old, who had just become a father. And the other one was in his 40s. And they're both telling me, you know, Steve, can you please help me to become a millionaire? And I asked them why. And both of them had the exact same response. And this was within a couple of days of each other. They both said, if I could become a millionaire, I could be a better father. And I said to both of them, I said, look, guys, you don't need a million dollars to be a better father. You just start doing the things that a good father does now. And you know, you don't have to have a million dollars to do that. You can be a good father today. And they both insisted, no, I need a million dollars. And I said, well, what if you never get a million dollars? Does that mean you're never going to be a good mm-hmm. father? You know, You need to make that decision and make that decision now. You can be a good dad no matter how much money you have. A few days later, my wife and I, we were away uh, at a, a youth camp. Uh, it was a young, young Life Ministries invited us out to come on out and see what was going on. We supported them and we're sitting out. I'm, I'm actually out by the lake and I'm thinking about these two men and I'm, I was literally praying for the two of them and, and thinking, what is it about this word millionaire that just is so gripping to people? It just grips their hearts. It grips their minds and they, they feel like they have to have this in order to have a good life. And it was just in that moment I, I just felt like God just spoke to me and said, what they really want to be is a life and air. And, and, you know, what most people, when they hear that word life and air for the first time, they're like, what? And that's exactly what I did. I was like, life of what? And I'm trying to write this word down and you know, have this word life and air. And I had to figure out what that meant for myself, even. Uh, I, I, I knew, uh, you know, the moment uh, that there was this abundant living that we, we we can have and we can have that. But, I also knew we, that's what we needed to pursue. If I want to live and experience an abundant life, I shouldn't take some indirect path of trying to become financially wealthy in hopes that one day I can have life. If I want life, I need to pursue life. And so to help try to clear things up, and you know, most people will tell you, go off, build a successful business or a successful career, and after you've done that, you can begin to start living a good life. You work and you try to fit life into what's left. Life here takes a different approach. We say, no, we're gonna go live a great life and we're gonna fit business into what's left. All too often, most people are working so hard, there is no time left for life. And if there is anything, it's very little. But we say, we're gonna live the life that we wanna live. We're gonna design our lives and we're gonna design our business or career to fit into the time that's left. And it's a little bit different approach, but it makes all the difference in the world.
0: Yeah, and, and so the question is, why don't more people
1: live like a life in air? I mean, what's what's holding us back here? It's, it's the culture that we live in. It doesn't, you know. They would tell you you can't do it, and we have been so conditioned to believe that hard work is what actually produces a great life. Mm. That's hard work tends to produce more money, but usually not a great life. There's many people that we know who have tons of money, but we wouldn't want their life. And we, we, we have example after example after example of that. And I, I tell people that there are very few millionaires are life and heirs. However, many life and heirs are millionaires. And there's a, I hope that the listeners can pick up on what I just said there. Just because somebody has money doesn't mean that they have a great life. Oftentimes they're they're more lost than other people and they're still searching and trying to figure out. They're trying to make more money thinking that they've got to get somewhere else. But we just live in a culture that says harder work and more money is what's a better life. And most of the time we never think we have enough. And that's one of the reasons why people keep working and, and they're too scared to actually live life thinking that, they're going to miss out on making more money.
0: What are some of the biggest challenges of someone who wants to break that mindset in a cycle of more work, more money? What, and someone wants to actually become like a life in you see what, what some of the biggest challenge that people go through in that process?
1: I think the absolute number one challenge that anybody's ever going to have there is going back to the whole mindset thing. It's when they are surrounding themselves with people who think differently, it's hard to break themselves of that. We find that when people actually become part of the life in our organization and surround themselves with other people who are thinking the same way and have the same mindset it 's not difficult it 's actually pretty easy, but it is so countercultural to what we experience on a day to day basis with our other peers and the people who we surround ourselves with and so for me, it was difficult. I actually started my first coaching group for partly selfish reasons i needed other people around me who would also pursue this. And so as I was teaching them, I needed them to also lift me up and keep me on that track. I did, I did it a lot for accountability because everybody around me was telling me I was wrong. Everybody was telling me that it, you know, no, you know, using more leverage or buying nicer things was going to get me the life. Accumulating more was going to get me the life that I wanted so I, the number one challenge is just the conditioning from the culture that we live in.
0: Yeah, interesting. Now, how long does this process normally take? Right? So someone, you know, recognizes that they want to change their life and you know, at what point would you say someone is on the path or has become a life in air? even though it's probably a, life, a lifelong journey
1: to some extent. But, you know, how long, how long does that transformation take? You know, uh, it is a lifelong journey to some extent, like you said. And that's the beauty of it because there's great enjoyment in that pursuit and constantly going. But it's a wide range before people see results. I, I will say that people can begin to be a life in air almost instantly with, with the change of mindset. Seeing the results of that change of mindset can take anywhere from a couple of months to a couple of years where their lives look drastically different. Mm -hmm. I was just with a couple two weeks ago who the first time I met with him was four years ago, and I remember when I met with him, it was in July, and when he came in. He's got tears running down his face, handing me this paperwork of what it was that he wanted his life to look like. And he's telling me how much of a mess his life is. And he doesn't think it's ever going to get better. And after only an hour and a half with him, I had a whole plan for him. I took the vision for his life and I said, here's what you need to do. You just need to do this. Four months later, he sends me a testimonial letter about how his life was completely different. He went from working 70 hours a week to 20 hours a week, he had paid off just about all of his personal debt. He, his income was going up and he had a plan in place. He started coaching basketball, spending more time with his wife, and all of this took place in four months. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but he was a guy who was extremely coachable, who he saw it, you know, when the plan was laid out, he did it. We have people who come in and they butt heads with us and they fight with us and they still think that their way is better. And, you know, usually, Once people accept the fact that this will work and they start taking steps, they see drastic, drastic differences within a year. And their lives are completely different than they were a year earlier once they start to take the steps.
0: Yeah your life in air book is, is one of those mindset books kind of shifts your mind right every time I read a book like that shifts your mind a little bit to the to the right or even 180 degrees it's something I pay attention to and and it was one of those fundamental books that I read so thank you for for writing it number one I know it took you a little while to get that out but I also know you have programs and coaching so if someone's really interested about finding out how to become a life in air how do they find out more
1: well, uh, the first thing that I would recommend that anybody do is pick up the book, um, even to this day, uh, like you said, it took me a long time to write it, and I wanted to write it in such a way that it really conveyed the message and in a way that it was entertaining, I wanted to write a book that people wouldn't put down and I'm thankful that much of the feedback we get is people tell us I started reading the book and I couldn't put it down and you know so many people tell us they read it cover to cover it's a simple, easy read that will The book unto itself is changing people's lives. Beyond that, if somebody felt like they needed more, I would recommend that they just come to our website, lifeneer.com and check us out. Uh, We do events across the country where we help people with putting together a life vision. And that's the key element. We start with a life vision, not a business plan. And uh, the business that we design is supposed to serve the life that we want to live rather than the other way around. And so the first thing we always put life first and beyond that, if somebody really wanted to get deeper, we do offer coaching and uh, typically we don't allow anybody to come into our coaching programs until they've taken some steps and have learned, been through the processes and developing their life vision to make sure it's something that this is what they really want to do. And they're really committed to that because our our goal is really to help people live and experience the life that they want to live. But there needs to be a commitment on their part too.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your message. Such a powerful message. And you and I share that message in a lot of ways because I'm about financial freedom. I think if you combine the power of passive income from multifamily and the mindset and, and tactics that you have in the book can accelerate that process significantly. I mean, you know, I always tell people three to five years, but put them together and within a year, literally, you can literally be financial free. And I, I just love, love the combination of the two. So thanks again for coming on the show and sharing your message and I look forward to staying uh, in touch with you.
1: Well, thank you for having me. And I got to tell you, Michael, I'm also excited about introducing you to my audience as well, because I think that you have some great things to share with them and, So I appreciate you having me here and look forward to working with you more in the future. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed that. So
0: two calls to action. Number one, get the book Life and Air by Steve Cook. Read it. It's a simple read, written, fantastically informative story, very entertaining, very engaging. You got to read it, shift your mindset, simplify your life, achieve your financial goals faster, and then combine it with multifamily to replace your income. And one of the biggest skills you can have is raising money. So, if you haven't already read my free ebook called The Secret to Raising Money with the Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building, you can get it on off my website called themichaelblank.com, themichaelblank.com forward slash ebook. You can also get it via text message if you text secret book. So, secret book, one word to 44222. That's 44222. You can get it via text message as well. All right, you guys, hope you enjoyed it. I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Blanc. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to themichaelblanc.com. There you can also download the free ebook, The Secret
1: to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.